Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning into today's podcast. My name is John Ohashi, and I have invited my wife, Dolly Ohashi, to join today's conversation. Hi, thank you for including me. I'm excited to learn. Yeah. Um, today's podcast is a project for a class I'm taking at University of Washington Tacoma, taught by Kim Davenport, called Musical History of Tacoma. And basically, there was a previous assignment earlier in the quarter where um, Professor Kim Davenport was talking with a historian, Michael Sullivan, that brought up Tacoma's Nihonmachi, which is a tight-knit community in Tacoma. And that paired with my Japanese heritage, um, I wanted to kind of look into this further and um, my grandma Peggy Etsuko Hashi actually passed to COVID last March 26. So um, that is another reason why I wanted to just further research the community um, and just learn what I can about how she got here, how I got here. I am a product of um, a Japanese immigrant. Um, so yeah, we just wanted to take a second and acknowledge that and um, dedicate this project to her. Um, we obviously miss her and love her a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, from an outsider's perspective, want to say like how cool it has been to see um, and get hope from seeing how she will continue to inspire us to know ourselves better um, and continue to connect with our community and with our history yeah. and with our heritage. Um, there's always more learning that can be done and she's always going to be um, a beautiful influence on our lives. Um, and I also think it's really important too to acknowledge how drastically uh, marginalized and oppressed communities have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, there's definitely cultural disparities across the board in a lot of different aspects. So yeah. I think it's awesome that you've turned this um, opportunity into a way to honor her. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so it's not just particularly, you know, pinpointed on me, but I think this conversation can um, touch a lot of, a lot of people. So, mm -hmm. um, let's get started. Okay, cool. Um, so you mentioned Nihonmachi and yes. I've heard brief explanations of like what it is, but what does it literally translate to from Japanese to English? Um, so I don't know if there's an actual like Japanese conversion, like language conversion for that word, but mm -hmm. it's known as Japantown. Um, so it's something I think commonly used for Japanese communities that have established throughout the United States. So you have like Tacoma's Nihonmachi. Um, you might have like places in California's like Nihonmachi. Seattle mm -hmm. had a pretty, pretty large Japanese community um, around the same time that Tacoma's Nihonmachi was um, developing. Um, and you've got like, you know, the first Japanese immigrants showing up in the um, Tacoma area in around 1880s mid 1880s oh, okay. so cool. um yeah okay um well i guess if that's just kind of a general term in terms of 
Tacoma specific Nihonmachi, um, how did that come about and how did it impact Tacoma's development and history? Yeah, so to touch up on that, I mean, Tacoma was established in 1872, originally known as Commencement Bay. So you only have about a 10 year period of Tacoma's establishment before they start um, introducing Japanese um, immigrants. And a year after Tacoma was deemed a city, you have the um, completion of the Northern Pacific Railroad that chose Tacoma as a terminal point, which brought a lot of work opportunities to um, the local economy. So you've got a lot of people wanting to get jobs and start, start new, um, provide for their families. Mm-hmm. Um, but land laws in Japan during this time, it's the Meiji area, which ranges from 1868 to 1912, um, that prohibited second and third sons from inheriting family estates. So there is a sense of hope for a new beginning um, because the second and third sons didn't have the same privilege as the first generation sons during the Edo period, which was before the Meiji um, era. So the Edo period actually enforced pretty strict social policies and wouldn't um, encourage foreign travel. So as soon as the Meiji era took over, there was this sort of opening, if you will, of Japan allowing for um, international exploration. So, yeah, there was um, the completion of the Northern Pacific Railroad, and that led for the first Japanese immigrants um, to arrive kind of as railroad workers, mill workers, farm workers, Um, That was kind of the main occupation for um, early Japanese immigrants. Mm -hmm. And I believe by 1917, so this is, that was about, you know, 1880s, 1890s. So you get, you know, a handful of families that are going to be migrating. And then by 1917, you get more than 150 Japanese owned or operated businesses in Tacoma. So, you know, you've got maybe 30, 35 year span of just good flow of, mm-hmm. of an economic impact within Tacoma's, yeah. you know, growth. Yeah. You've got Tacoma's Nihon Machi that is contributing in its own way by just creating its own really successful economy. micro, yeah, 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 economy, so. Cool, okay. Um, and I guess if, if we're looking specifically at the music aspect, and I know you told me a little bit about, you know, the Meiji era that um, the Issei generation was moving from when they were immigrating here. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the aspects of that era from Japan that they might have brought over? During that time, you kind of have to look at um, being fourth generation Yonsei um, Japanese American. Like I, even in my household, raised by my grandma, had a lot of. We I think Jap- Japanese 
call it shushin, which is like the cultural practice of ethics. And mm -hmm. whether my grandma knew it or not, or was explicitly taught, you know, how to, how to be, you know, a good human. <laughs> um, there was a sense of honor, um, perseverance, hardworking, like ethics, like you've got ways of living. And I think that is instilled and brought over, it's carried over mm -hmm. from Japan mm -hmm. um, during the Meiji era. And with that came tradition because, you know, it's not like as soon as, you know, the Japanese immigrate, they're completely assimilated with Western culture, you mm -hmm. know, American culture. Like yeah. there's this part of bridging, which happens with Nisei, which is like the second generation Japanese um, mm -hmm. immigrants in the area. And yeah. So in terms of those traditions and kind of ways of life and ways of living that have continued to um, be passed down implicitly through the generations, um, were there any specific traditions or um, even like cultural celebrations or anything like that that um, really deeply involved music? Yeah, so there is a Buddhist holiday known as the Bon Adori. Um, it's a festival that honors the passing of one's ancestors and there's a bunch of music played, um, food, dancing, you name it. It's like a big party um, with the Japanese community and those that practiced Buddhism. And I believe the main source of, I guess the main instrument used was uh, a taiko, which is a drum. And I believe um, Tacoma's Buddhist temple actually hosted a Bon Odori festival as well. Um, I don't know for how long that has been happening, but I do know they have hosted um, a handful in the past. And that is one of the bigger traditions that have been carried over from Japan um, into the United States and more specifically into Tacoma's Nihonmachi. Cool. Um, and then within Nihonmachi, um, where were the typical settings for those respective types of musical practice to be present? So there are two places within Tacoma's Nihomachi where I found would be the most likely place that music would be found. Um, granted, there is very limited resources uh, that I've come across, mm -hmm. but based on a discussion I had with um, Dr. Hanneman and Dr. Hoffman, who actually just published a book this last December called Becoming Nisei, the Tacoma, um, Tacoma Japanese Language School and Tacoma Buddhist Temple were two places where you would most likely find music being expressed or played in some way or another. Um, yeah, and I personally experienced music in a Buddhist temple. It wasn't Tacoma's, but it was one in Seattle where a family friend um, passed a few years back. And within Buddhism, there is a cultural practice of um, 
using like chants and sound bowls mm -hmm. and um, other instruments in order to kind of spiritually connect and to honor and go about a a, a typical service. Yeah. And so that's beautiful. It, it I, was. Um, I'm reminded of like the sound baths that they do in my yoga classes, which is um, yoga is pretty closely tied with Hinduism, but mm -hmm. um, I mean. India and Japan, or they share a continent, so that's interesting to see that overlap. Yeah, definitely. And I know I don't have like an actual music sample, unfortunately, to share with everybody, um, but in Dr. Hoffman and Hanneman's book, Becoming Nisei, they do have a, a little insert where there is some lyrics to a song that was created by I believe it was Principal Yamasaki, and I just wanted to, I'm not going to sing it because obviously I don't have the <laughs> best singing voice and I don't want to <laughs> make yours bleed, but um, I'm just going to read the lyrics mm -hmm. and just quickly discuss them because I think it's very beautiful and there's poetry within the words, so cool. it goes like this. Children of the pure blood from the land of the rising sun and born in America where the star-spangled banner flies. We have a special mission, a sense of special purpose, uniting both of the ways and not neglecting to train ourselves. For the sake of the world, let us go forth every day to cultivate our true minds. Hmm. You let that sink in a little bit. There was a lot. I mean, it wasn't being sung. I was reading it, so it probably could be interpreted a little bit differently if you have a beautiful voice singing it. But... Um, there is that bridging between first generation and second generation Japanese American Japanese Americans mm -hmm. you know like yeah I think it was interesting that they acknowledged the pure blood like you know like we are direct descendants of people who belonged to a very specific right. land and kind of acknowledging that but then also you know, their desire to learn and draw in culture that's mm -hmm. around them where they are now. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's really cool. Starting a new life for their families. Mm -hmm. And what really pops up into my mind is I see two flags. You know, you've got from the land of the rising sun. Right. And then you have where the star-spangled banner flies. Mm -hmm. And to me, I just, I don't know there's that bridge that forms between those two flags and um, it really just kind of connects what what Japanese Americans are really trying to do early on and establish and contribute while also honoring their um, their traditions and remembering we're not completely you know American like we are Japanese Americans American. we're not yeah. just Americans like right. remembering that and, you know, being able to pass that down into your family's lineage is a beautiful thing to learn about who you are, knowing about your local histories. Even though I might not be from Tacoma's Nihonmachi, I still feel connected. These Japanese immigrants, what they went through. What, you know your grandma went through something similar. Yeah. And that connects you with 
their descendants, Yonsei generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, a really cool part about, you know, growing up in the Northwest for both of us is just being blessed to be a part of such a diverse community. And I feel the same way about my Mexican heritage. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to learn so much from your family. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that helps me grow as a person and become more rooted in our community, just having my eyes opened continuously to um, how all of these different cultures have come together and um, for the most part built a pretty amazing community here in the Northwest. Yes. And one way to remember is just through music. Mm-hmm. Music is a beautiful way of expressing and um, just connecting with your roots. Yeah. And music is different. Mm-hmm. Um, just based on where you're from and I think it's beautiful to connect and to be remembered by you know listening or learning about history it's a piece of you that you can share with the world exactly yeah so if I were to have you know more time obviously I would like to explore a little bit more more interviews maybe with people that have actually lived and grew up in the community um i wasn't able to talk to my auntie who was my grandma's sister but i was able to actually talk to reverend tadao koyama and he is current reverend at tacoma buddhist temple and i was able to talk to him and he did mention that there is a music committee that is forming and they were going to be having a discussion about just the musical aspect within their temple. So. Mm-hmm. It seems like music is a very um, deep-rooted and very important way of communicating um, for the Japanese people. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the context that it was present. I mean, those lyrics are pretty serious. It's talking about like your life destiny yeah. <laughs> you know and like your family heritage and then you know in terms of like soulful connection and like spiritual rising um and honoring people who have passed spiritually like that's big important thing in life um and i just think that's interesting when thinking about how nowadays and at least in my experience with like american music culture so much of it is to feel a certain emotion and it's kind of a temporary thing it's kind of oh the song makes me feel this or this song matches this environment so it's appropriate for right now yeah and it doesn't like really impact me personally mm-hmm. um and so it's really cool to see the difference culturally between those two. Oh, definitely i think it's uh time to wrap things up I appreciate everybody tuning in to today's podcast. Um, I hope you learned a few things uh, about Tacoma's Nihon Machi. And um, I just encourage everybody that's listening, um, whether you live in Tacoma, you live in Federal Way, you live in Kent, Seattle, wherever you are living, I would just encourage um, just to learn about your local history and to you know, maybe put on a musical lens like we did today and just kind of 
learn more about a certain aspect and how it can impacted the community and what came from your community um, and it just builds that connection between you and where you live so yeah um, doesn't have to be music could doesn't be, have to be music could be food yeah could be books could be books could be sports it could be I don't know businesses yeah um, there's just so many different things so I just want to give a special thanks to my wife Dahlia Professor Davenport Reverend Tadao Dr. Hoffman and Dr. Hanneman and all those that have helped me um, in the resources that have given me the knowledge to talk about this topic. So thank you all very much.